0: Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Did you know the best seeds for your garden don't come from the nursery? In fact, the seeds that will create the most robust and delicious fruits and vegetables come directly from your garden. This is because they are uniquely adapted to your growing conditions, better than anything you can buy from a fancy catalog or website. Through the magic of seed saving, it is quite possible to have the garden of your dreams. The best part is saving your own seeds is surprisingly easy and fun. With a bit of instruction, anyone can become a seed-saving superstar. Let us teach you how in our free seed-saving webinar. Just text SEEDS to 33444 to sign up or visit SeedSavingHacked.org for more information. That's SEEDS to 33444 or visit SeedSavingHacked.org.
1: You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the grow-your-own-food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Zena Lindholm to talk about her open-source urban farming grow room. Zena is from Denmark and has a degree in architecture from Arhas School of Architecture, along with an emphasis on psychology. This shows in her projects where she is combining the two, with her main focus on the theoretical and abstract part of architecture. She grew up on an organic farm with milking cows. However, she had never worked with agriculture or urban farming before until she won an architecture competition together with architect and carpenter Mods Ehrlich Husum. Together, they designed an urban farming pavilion, which received great attention and led to further development of the project. Then they teamed up with Space 10, a future living lab, where they developed and released an open source design of their pavilion. Together they started the company Husum and Lindholm, where for the moment they primarily focus on further development of combining architecture with gardening. On the basis of spatial experimentation with urban farming, they strive toward creating architecture where atmosphere and sensuousness acts as the primary design factors. Their goal, to generate poetic spaces where a symbiotic relationship with vegetation arises. Welcome to the show today, Zina.
2: Thank you so much, Greg. I'm so happy to be
0: here. Ah, I'm so happy to have you from the other side of the world from where we're at. Yes. (laughs) So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now?
2: Sure, as I said, I'm a, an architect from Denmark, I studied in Aarhus, and I live in Copenhagen now, mm. and so uh, what I'm going to talk about today, or what we are going to talk about today, is the urban farm sort of uh, path that I took, but the path that I took before that was not about that at all, so I studied, uh, next to architecture, I studied psychology for a year, oh, and wow. Yes, that is like a part of my uh, more like a phenomenological approach to architecture that I actually uh, work with for for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I have this more like artistic approach to architecture and it's not at all uh, pragmatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this urban farm direction is uh, very new but very exciting. So I'm trying to sort of combine uh, well, combine these two sort of uh, directions, uh, the pragmatic and the very uh, phenomenological
0: approach. Mm-hmm. So why did you head from architecture into urban farming? What What's your spark there?
2: I can also say that I grew up at an uh, organic farm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I don't know if that sort of uh, came very natural in a way. But then I applied for this or I applied, Participated in this competition where I uh, decided to uh, choose the urban farm competition uh, concept to, mm-hmm. uh, to make a project from that. And uh, that's how it went on I guess Uh, it's I feel like I don't have like a specific answer to why it sort of ended here or I mean it doesn't end here but (laughs) but why it sort of came to that I became like an urban farm architect suddenly yeah it's I I was still uh, questioning myself the the same so Uh yeah Uh
0: yeah well growing up on an organic farm milking cows probably had something to do with it don't you think
2: (laughs) I guess so yeah yeah Yeah, I guess so
0: yeah perfect Mm -hmm. Perfect. So you teamed up with Space 10, a future living lab, and that's how your grow room got created?
2: Yes, it's true. Or, I mean, I teamed up with uh, my partner, Ms. Ulrich, and then we entered this competition and the competition ended with that Space 10 took over this pavilion and mm. then we kept on working together to create an open source of the pavilion which became a huge project suddenly. So yeah, Space 10, a future living lab, it's true, they are sponsored by IKEA. So it's, um, it's a great place and, and they are really, they're really feeling the pulse of what is happening around the world in terms of everything. So uh, it's a really interesting place, yeah.
0: Cool. So I, mm-hmm. I actually saw pictures of your grow room mm-hmm. online here about three months ago, and then I, you know, it's like, "Oh wow, we've got to talk to these guys on on what this is." So for somebody that hasn't seen a grow room and what this yeah. what this is, you can go to urbanfarm.org dot org forward slash grow room, and there'll be pictures that we post there. But Zena, I want you to. Kind of give people a mental picture of what this mm. grow room is.
2: <clears throat> okay, <laughs> so the grow room is an urban farm, mm-hmm. but it's built as a sphere. So it's sort of uh, it. It doesn't fit to any specific con- uh, context because it's as a sphere, so it doesn't have a backside. Uh-huh. And then it's sort of, uh, you know, you can walk into it and. So that's where the, I would say like the, sort of the magic happens because the whole sphere is built from, uh, f- from the green and it's sort of built like a shelf system. So uh-huh. the, it's only it's like divided into shelves and on these shelves you put on the, the vegetation
3: mm.
2: and then you walk into it. And then inside this growing sphere you you share the seeds with the plants so you actually become mm. a part of this sort of growing globe in a way. Uh-huh. You feel like going back to nature and, uh, <laughs> you know, bugs are <laughs> swirling around and uh, you are talking to strangers, so it's also like with these uh, social aspects that is very interesting in this growing sphere as well because it sort of uh, it creates like this uh, poetic space inside of it Mm -hmm. uh, where you still have the uh, transparency so you can still see beyond like the borders because it's it it is the idea was that it you shouldn't be able to sort of see the the building structure but it would be the green stuff that would shape the sphere in a way Mm -hmm. so but and it's not it's not that big. I mean, it's we build it four meters high, so it's uh, it's like you can measure your own body scale to it and um, right. Yeah, so in that sense, mm.
0: so that's about sixteen feet tall, ish. Mm. And I seem to have remembered though that I've seen different sizes of them. So you make them smaller as well, right?
2: Yes. The thing was that because it, it got really. Uh, really well, what can you say, like attention from this, uh, the first Grow Room that we built. Mm -hmm. So we decided to, uh, and you know, a lot of people wanted to exhibit it and they asked if they could sort of borrow it for uh, different uh, exhibitions or, um, you know, events, because it speaks to so many different themes. And then we decided uh, together with Space10 to uh, create an open source edition of the Grow Room. Mm. So um it's a little bit different and a little bit smaller so that so that you can so that you feel like you are able to build it yourself or together with one other uh, person mm-hmm. and the new one the open source it's only created from one material plywood all
3: and right.
2: uh, yeah and you can uh, cut it in a fab lab so you can download all the files <laughs> and you can actually just build it everywhere in the world oh wow so uh, yeah so it's uh, free and open for everyone
0: to use. Nice, so I'm, I'm actually looking a pic- at a picture of the open source one and it looks to be, what, maybe eight feet tall, two meters tall?
2: It's uh, 2.6 meters tall.
0: 2.6. Okay, good. Yeah. And let's see, there's yeah. one, two, three, four, five, there's five shelves. So yes. it's, it's a sphere shape and there's a yeah. door, doorway in And so the center is open and then the shelves run all the way around it.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm. Nice. So Mm. connect me from, you have this thought about urban farming to actually creating this. How did that happen?
2: Um. Well, it wasn't uh, planned at all. I was at an artist residency at that time uh, in Iceland, and my partner was in Denmark, so we did it all through uh, Skype, Uh and um, (laughs) maybe because I was surrounded by all this nature in Iceland, I don't know. (laughs) Right. But then uh, we we read this brief, and uh, it was Base 10 that said that they had to be able to travel around with this urban farm pavilion Mm -hmm. and... So it had to be very easy to separate and, uh, and build it up again. So it had to be like a building structure that was very easy. Got it. And then when from, you know, it didn't have like a specific context. So that's why, uh, we thought about not building like a backside and, uh, we made it all into like this very, um, what can you say? Like organic and very, uh. Yeah, just like the shape that everyone can sort of understand and yeah. grasp. So this like this we wanted to create this idea of the green globe that was growing all by itself and uh-huh. to sort of create like a uh, focus on that. Yeah. Uh, whole theme. Yeah.
0: So you can you, you made it planet shape and oh my gosh, we're yeah. growing food on this planet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like very right? Very naive but yeah. uh, <laughs> Yeah. It works apparently
0: <laughs> So the small one the 2.5 meters tall uh, that's yeah. made all of plywood the larger one the what do you what has it been made from?
2: It's also from uh, plywood but then we have some uh, some steel in it as well
3: mm-hmm.
2: but then that's very expensive It was uh, created just for this uh, structure so it wasn't like something that you can go down and buy in a shop right and in this open source we wanted to make it uh, as cheap as it would, could possibly be and we wanted to make it at, as easy for the for the next one that wanted to download the files and um cut them uh, on a machine and then build it up so in this new open source you are not using anything else but two hammers and uh, you know your bare hands and then you don't even use uh, screws and and other stuff. So that's why it's... Yeah.
0: Just tongue and groove it together. Yes. Oh, nice. (laughs) That is new. (laughs) Nice. So if if somebody wanted to build one of these open source, where do we find plans for them?
2: You can find it through uh, Space 10's website.
0: Mm, Okay. Um, Yeah. That would be, I was just on it, Space 10.io.
2: Yes, exactly. Nice. So mm.
0: have you gotten any feedback from people that they're actually building these?
2: It's very new still. I mean, this open source was released, uh, I don't know if it was uh, three weeks ago, but we had a lot of feedback from people that are saying that they want to build it. And it's like all around the world. It's uh, from Asia to, oh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, United States and also, you know, Africa. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, nice. But, but um but we haven't seen it like really yet. But we uh, we can we can't wait to see how people sort of create their own idea of it and wow. also make them their own. So I I have like a wish for it to pop up around the world, like small personalities that they are totally different from each other's, but mm-hmm. they are still in the same family in a way. So yeah, I can't wait at all. So uh, uh, please uh, <laughs> please build it.
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you love about your grow room?
2: I mean, it's it's still very uh, new to me that it this was received so uh, positive from from other people uh, all around the world. Mm-hmm. But what I love about it is that it apparently it's so easy for people to grasp. Yeah, and it's just so down to earth in a way. And what I love about it is that uh, I'm not a, at all and. Um, a gardener or anyone that uh, knows a lot of stuff about green or vegetation but you know I'm an architect and maybe that's why I have like this naive approach to urban farming maybe uh, when I started to do this and this is sort of the uh, <laughs> the outcome of that in a way.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so what I love about it is that it combines this very specific, uh, you know, urban agriculture discussion with a uh, very uh, easy to redesign. Mm-hmm. So uh, the design sort of um, reveals what is going on, you know, how, how plants are growing and just like um, experimenting with the urban uh, farm concept. Yeah.
0: Nice. So what is it that you as an architect can contribute to the urban farming movement or add to that context?
2: So what I like about it as well, yeah, that's a good question Thanks so uh, yeah
0: you actually um, sent it to us, so I'm just <laughs>
2: totally. it's true so um, so I feel like that uh, we or Myself, as an architect, we have like a responsibility to uh, contribute to the problems or the discussions that mm-hmm. are going around in the world.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And this urban farming or bringing back uh, agriculture to the, or to the urban realm uh, is, or vegetation back is uh, a discussion that is very uh, big and a lot of people are working with this uh, concept in m- many different ways like in yeah. rooftops and uh, you know so i think that uh, as an architect i think um, it's very important to uh, follow up on these uh, movements and, and these directions yeah and uh, i think as an architect i can or I hope that I with this design can sort of point in a direction, because this, um, you know, this um, pavilion is not really solving a problem. Really, it's not like solving that we are, uh, that we can all go and get like vegetables or vegetation from this pavilion. But it points in a direction where you ask questions about like future living cities and uh, just the whole urban uh, fabric. So uh, that's why I feel like architecture is just important that we address these problems yeah. or these, uh, what can you say, also, it's not just issues, but also uh, things that we can actually uh, develop on and make even better. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: and it sounds like you're doing that, so yay. <laughs> so, on, on, you know, kind of on the tails of that question, why is it important to combine the different disciplines in this case architecture and agriculture
3: Uh,
2: I think it's very important to combine different subjects in uh, many different matters Mm -hmm. and not just uh, architecture and different um, because architecture can always be you know paired up with different other directions or other what can you say like subjects but it's always good to pair up different uh, you know minds (laughs) Mindsets and different themes. Disciplines. Because, yeah, disciplines, yeah. exactly. So uh, when they come together, you can create something even bigger. And um, for me in this case, or for us in this case, the, uh, the urban farm was sort of, we had like this very naive approach to it, but we used it. And uh, of course, it, it's not like the perfect way to build an urban farm pavilion at all, uh-huh. but uh with our different approach to uh, vegetation than for example gardeners it became something else than just like an urban farm you would say yeah so that's why it's uh, important to to sort of um combine different uh, elements yeah, yeah. Different yeah. views
0: so well in looking at it it is this is really vertical farming at its finest from the pictures mm. You know, yeah you're stacking the food. Uh, have you thought about making it into a greenhouse?
2: A greenhouse yeah we have <laughs> we have many different ideas uh-huh. um how it could be further developed, and uh, we have had a lot of new suggestions and people that are writing to us. Could you please incorporate? Or could you maybe do you have an idea to incorporate different you know watering systems as mm-hmm. well? And yeah. could you grow this and this and this? So we are totally working on a lot of stuff, and it could be a greenhouse. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I so I as I see it now, the the pavilion is open source, and I would love for people to explore, for example, to wrap it in, to make it be useful for something else or something more than than what it is now. So, yes.
0: Why did you decide to make it open source?
2: We decided to make it open source because a lot of people were uh, writing to, uh, especially Space 10, if they could borrow it or uh, if you could send it like uh, with a ship or uh, they wanted to exhibit it or they wanted to use it for different events. Uh Uh, And then uh, Space 10, you know, they as i said they have the finger on the pulse so they know what is sort of happening in the world so this open source makeup movement is very big right now mm-hmm. and uh, instead of you know uh, shipping this pavilion around the world we uh, decided to say okay let's join this movement and let's let's make this pavilion a mark for this uh, making like this open source makeup movement
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, a point in that direction instead so now when it's open source people can just you know build it as much as they want so if they want to exhibit it in um asia or in america or when wherever uh, europe they can do it instead of you know spending a lot of money and instead of us uh, earning mm-hmm. a lot of money on this uh, small pavilion so it's just like it's marking this new movement that we have to share like this whole sharing culture mm-hmm. sharing economy and now I call it sharing, uh, sharing architecture. But this whole like idea of local production, yeah, and then we have to sort of come together to survive all these uh, mm-hmm.
3: stuff
2: the new, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm.
0: The stuff. So you use yeah. you use the term that is fairly new, and some people might not know what it means. And that's the mm. maker movement. Can you kind of tell us what that is?
2: Yes. The maker movement is the local production.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's a combination of the local production and uh, you can also say a shared economy where you actually, um, instead of you going out and buying all your furniture or your houses or uh, you know even bigger stuff, uh, you can actually build it yourself. So what we see now is a movement where, where uh, these fab labs are popping up around in the city Mhm. In the cities uh where people can uh you know cut out whatever and build whatever they want instead of going to stores and buy it. So it's like back to basic in a way.
0: Yeah. Learn so how to an... learn how to make it yourself.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's just to be able to make it yourself, feel yeah. like you actually are able to do what it, what you want. Yeah.
0: Well, so many so many things are lost in our culture these days cuz it's done for us. So you know having mm. having I, I actually love the maker movement I love that that it's you know we're back here so yay
3: mm.
2: Mm, exactly yeah. and I would also like to say uh, that you know when we uh, when when this knowledge is shared as a common resource we can actually you know we can develop the science and technologies much faster and easier than with uh, you know, conventional processes uh, when we are benefiting communities of all sorts. So, yeah. yeah, so in that sense, it's a good idea. We can share these, the knowledge that we have.
0: Yeah. I want to read one sentence out of your bio, and then we're going to shift here because uh, I just yeah. love, I love this. It's, it it <laughs> says, this is talking about your company on, on the basis of spatial experimentation with the urban farming concept you or you and your partner strive toward creating architecture where atmosphere and sensuous acts are the primary design factors to generate poetic spaces where a symbiotic relationship with vegetation arises tell yeah. me tell me about that that it's <laughs> so beautiful beautifully season. written by the way
2: very poetic <laughs> I mean, maybe this is where my, um, you know, previous approach to uh, architecture or uh, what can you say, like psychology is yep. uh, sticking out its nose. <laughs> yep. So in this sense, yeah, we are writing that we strive towards creating architecture where atmosphere and sensuousness acts as the primary design factors. So we want to create architecture where around, you know, to create atmosphere and sensuousness or, you know, you know, sensuous spaces.
3: Yeah.
2: And we want to create poetic spaces. So that is sort of my idea of or something that I feel like I can actually contribute with in terms Mm -hmm. of my my previous work or my education or the things that I am uh, very interested in is how we uh, sense space or how we feel in space and what space uh, gives back to us in a way and uh, you know uh, for example this vegetation it gives back so much without you know because in nature we feel uh, very natural Mm -hmm. so uh, just by bringing the vegetation and combining that with architecture or design just like a It's like a free, uh, (laughs) it just gives back so much as a design factor.
0: Beautifully, beautifully (laughs) said. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it.
2: Okay, so I uh, clearly remember a time where I feel like I failed. It was um, actually when I was in the architecture school, and I was sort of um, hitting my head to a wall, and Uh I felt like I didn't want to study architecture anymore at all. So I totally threw it away. I didn't want to study it at all, so (laughs) I decided to go a different, totally different direction. Mm -hmm. I wanted to study psychology. and then you know I felt like okay but it was totally fine because then I could sort of say okay but then I wanted to be a psychologist or I wanted to study psychology but then I actually decided that I would didn't want to do that at all uh-huh. <laughs> anyway so I did, so I really missed being creative so I really felt like that was a big failure for me that I didn't I was like at a place in my life where i didn't know what i wanted to do at all but then you know after all of that and i came back to uh, architecture and uh, after that i i you know i've totally uh, brought that with me in my in my work so yeah i guess that wasn't a failure but at that point i must say it was yeah (laughs)
0: Amen to that. That's the whole point of having this conversation. It's like, you know, you started someplace and you saw it as a failure and and then you went someplace else and you learned a lot of really good stuff.
2: Exactly. To bring
0: it into the architecture. (laughs) So what do you consider your biggest success story?
2: My biggest success story? Maybe I don't feel like I have like a specific success story, but Uh I feel like I've always tried to do what I wanted to do so when I graduated from uh, you know I graduated in, in 2014 so it's not that
0: <laughs> that long ago
2: far yeah that yeah. long ago but after that you know it's always like uh, you know the society we have today you have to go out you have to get a job and you have to you know follow mm. the society and you have to do all of this <laughs> and you have to get a family you have to get kids and <laughs> yeah. you know uh, all these aspects And um, so I've always tried to do what I felt was the right thing to do. And so I didn't go out to get a job. I tried to, you know, uh, do my own work, become an artist, more an artist, more than an architect instead. And I actually didn't make any money for a long, long time. So uh, thank God we have a good system in Denmark that supports that as well. (laughs) But. but yeah, I don't know, like the whole, the just the whole development was, uh, and then when when this happened, this uh, grow room, I must say that is one of the biggest, you know, achievements, I guess, uh, or the biggest uh, things that has happened uh, recently. So I must say that as well, um, when that came open source and people uh, got to know it. And yeah, so... Yeah, the whole development I guess from uh, graduation to uh, to now.
0: Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> what, what what drives you in all of this?
2: Maybe it depends on what you are but I feel like for me I think I wouldn't be myself if I wasn't, you know, interested in architecture and art and I and I think and I'm sure that I say when that I speak for a lot of people's, um, you know, architects and artists, uh, (laughs) that they would say the same, that it's sort of just a part of your personality, that you have to keep on, you know, developing yourself, you you just can't, you just can't not do it, in a way.
0: Yeah, I completely understand that one. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and I guess it's also like if you have a fetish for uh, you know urban uh, farming or whatever oh, right. you, just exactly. have, like, you just feel like you have something that you have to do in this world yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, yes. so I'm all about education I have to know is there a book that's been influential for you in this process in your life
2: when I um, did my final thesis I uh, had this book uh, called Losing Sight from Shelley Hornstein I think she is called which is about uh, architecture memory and place which is a very um different approach to architecture that i've been talking about before in this interview as well but about how your memory of a place is actually as important as the place itself because Mm. that's what you bring home with you so it's the experience of the place not so much the physical frames, but mm-hmm. the experience from the place that you bring home with you that is the most important. So, that is maybe also what I'm trying to say with this <laughs> sentence that you said before that we are trying to create these spaces where you actually get crazy experience.
0: Yeah. Nice. What was the name of the book again?
2: Uh, Losing Sight.
0: Losing Sight.
2: Yes. Okay. Losing cool. Sight.
0: So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
2: I guess if you uh, feel like you have a motivation or something that you really uh, strive for then uh, never stop working for it. Mm-hmm. And I can only, you know, speak for myself that I really felt like I couldn't be, you know, doing what the society wanted me to do. <laughs> so I, I went my own ways and I can only encourage people to do what they feel like they should be doing in yeah. in their lives. So I don't know. Maybe that was like a very big.
3: <laughs> oh, that was
0: beautiful. Philosophical,
2: yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is my advice, I guess. Yeah.
0: yeah, beautifully, beautifully said. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with, with us today, Zena. It has been a treat getting to chat with you.
2: Great, thank you,
0: Greg. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how can our listeners get a hold of you?
2: They can email me or go to my website or go to my Facebook.
0: Okay. What's your website? Uh,
2: my website is uh, www uh, and maybe I should say my company's website now. Perfect. It's uh husamlindholm h u s u m L-I-N-D-H-O-L-M dot com.
0: Perfect. And you can find show notes from today's podcast, including how to get a hold of Zena at urbanfarm.org forward slash grow room. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Did you know the best seeds for your garden don't come from the nursery? In fact, the seeds that will create the most robust and delicious fruits and vegetables come directly from your garden. This is because they are uniquely adapted to your growing conditions, better than anything you can buy from a fancy catalog or website. Through the magic of seed saving, it is quite possible to have the garden of your dreams. The best part is saving your own seeds is surprisingly easy and fun. With a bit of instruction, anyone can become a seed-saving superstar. Let us teach you how in our free seed-saving webinar. Just text SEEDS to 33444 to sign up or visit SeedSavingHacked.org for more information. That's SEEDS to 33444 or visit SeedSavingHacked.org.